dude, it's it's all right. It's not the best, but it's pretty it's pretty good. Uh, damn it! Now we gotta fucking talk about it again uh, when we talk. Finish this fucking episode and already blew my load. Uh, are you ready to go? There you go. There's your there's your episode start. <laughs> I already blew my load. <laughs> <laughs> and there's your title. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the bottom of the internet. This is another Dead Pixel, the podcast that always forgets what time it is. I am your host. My name is Nick. Here with me today, a man that practices plumbing without a license. It's Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Yeah, it's only a problem if you're trying to, uh, you know, get your house inspected. And then they realize uh, the, you know, my training was from the old, you know, Windows game, you know, pipes. You know, the, it taught me everything I need. So long as you can outrun the fluid and then eventually make it to the end, it doesn't matter if it looks like a squibbly mess. That's what she said. Um, th there's a game called Pipes? Yeah, it's um, it's essentially, I think they even made a version of it in the old uh, Bioshock uh, 1. It was, uh, uh, you know, essentially it's just, yeah, you literally have a few pipes going on and you have a select number of uh, puzzle pieces. Essentially, it's just a puzzle game. And you can slowly see liquid going down the pipe. And you have to quick connect them and spin them and do what you need to on the grid to make it to the end. And that's it. Uh, and there was a bunch of puzzles that way. Hmm. That's that's cool. <laughs> that's a cool plumbing game. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So we're going to, I guess, dive right into news. Um, there's been a little bit, not as much as some weeks. Uh, that we want to talk about, but, uh, there has been, there has been some stuff. Uh, there was, I guess two Nintendo directs since our last one, uh, that I'm just now realizing that we should probably talk about. The first one was, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three Nintendo direct. I think that got like 20 minutes or half an hour or somewhere in there. Did you get a chance to see that or did you skip it? Or do you even care about Xenoblade Chronicles? I'm not really caring about it, so I didn't have the original, like, I didn't have any of the uh, Nintendo consoles when it first came out. I think it, they they made a remake or something for the DS or 3DS. Yeah, that first one was, um, like, on that, yeah. Yeah, so things like that. I didn't own the 3DS, and when, like, the Wii uh, U came out, I didn't care. So I'm just going to stay out of it. Honestly, so you can let me know what's going on, but uh, but I'm just kind of like an observer. I know it's pretty good. I don't have that kind of time, so that's oh. how I feel. Well, I'm a Johnny come lately, and a uh, that's I, what she said. I am a hype. I'm a hype boy. <laughs> um, so I just follow the hype train wherever it goes, and right now it's taking me to Xenoblade Chronicles Land. Um, so I've been looking into it, and I was thinking about oh, maybe I'll jump into Xenoblade Chronicles One. Definitive edition, which uh, they released on on Switch and stuff. Um, but but I kind of uh, after watching Xenoblade Chronicles three, I I don't think I could be wrong, and I'm sure they're connected somehow. But I don't think it'll really be necessary to know anything that happened in the the previous two games. Um, so I think I am probably just going to go. Uh, 
into the Xenoblade Chronicles game um, three as as I can. The direct uh, looked pretty good. It uh, looks like it has a pretty compelling story. Uh, decent characters, I guess. Uh, it's got a, a chick with cat ears. Um, so count me in for that. Uh, it, it it seems okay. It doesn't seem like it's gonna it's gonna blow me away or anything like that. But it does it, it does seem like a good thing to have on the Switch. Um, so and it's coming out uh, the end of this month, end of July. Uh, so I definitely wanted to jump onto it. But uh, the the other thing was that there was another Nintendo Direct uh, this past week, I believe. Um, we're recording on July one. Uh, and we'll be putting out uh, tomorrow, July 2nd. Um, but this other Nintendo Direct had a bunch of, like, I don't know, like sort of meh stuff in it. Uh, meh to me. I don't even remember what all was on it. But I do have a couple things here that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, the first thing that popped out was popped out with was uh, this new Monster Hunter game, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. So the previous Monster Hunter Rise came out on Switch first and eventually came to PC and I think everything else. Uh, so they've got, I guess, a new installment of that. It looks kind of like more of the same. I don't know. Something looked more story-driven about it to me, but I didn't play the first one. So... I don't know. I wasn't really, uh, it was like, okay. But, um, a couple other things on here that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, you know how much I love near and especially near automata. Um, and uh, that is actually coming to switch. So I was sort of surprised. They, they are bringing it to switch. I don't know how it's going to run, but, um, I've been wanting to replay that game and I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to replay it. I don't know. Cause I, cause I wanted to do, to do some recording of the gameplay for another project that I'm working on. And I don't want to play it on the switch or I don't want to play it on the switch on the TV. Cause that seems like a subpar experience compared to just playing it on PC, which I already have. Um, but playing it on switch like mobile seems kind of cool to me. You, you still not, you still haven't played near, yeah, right? Uh, I I only played the first little bit, uh, so yeah, I, I've never got it really into it. I've got after you know like the second stage, <laughs> you know, it's like made it past the the uh, the top down shooting intro and a little bit farther than that, and then that was it. And uh, a lot of my friends told me I need to get get around to playing it. Uh, you know, I heard the soundtrack was pretty awesome, uh, so I'm I'm curious. It's uh it's a neat uh, Yoko Taro, I believe was uh has always done a bunch of neat things i got into the lore uh before near automata came out oh really uh the whole dragon guard uh, a friend a friend was letting me know, you know telling me about it so i had to look up some videos and realize how they're all connected and like what ending connects to what you know it was it was it's a rabbit hole to go down that's for sure so and the fact that the dude does weird ass stuff like a one-off little mini live action play like theatrical like play and he goes like oh yeah by the way that's canon oh yeah, and here's an art book and there's a couple of pages on the back of the art book that's canon and i'm like oh you are a jerk and a half but you're amazingly fun to deal with 
So, so. I, I've been reading a lot of articles about Nier in general and, and Yoko Taro, you know, and um, I do want to play those old, uh, I want to play, I, th I think Drakengard 1 uh, was sort of an experiment in, in certain ways, and then Drakengard 2, from what I understand, was Yoko Taro didn't really have as much to deal to, to do with that, or he didn't it didn't go the way that he wanted it to. Like somebody else was in control of that. Um, so he came back for Drakengard three from what I understand. And so that's sort of the main point of that's like the main point of, of Drakengard is like uh dragon dragoon is a uh, uh, Drakengard three. And then that does kind of connect into the near games. Um, so yeah, I like, think it's, I think it goes ending like third, like third or something ending of, uh, three or like connects to dragon guard one, which then alternate ending connects to, uh, is all a pre uh, prequel essentially. And explains why the world is or how it wound up the way it is, uh, to the other near game and this. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I want to play those old games, but, um, but uh, yeah, like like Yoko Taro, we start like when you play through near Automata, and you know, and you go and you find out a little bit about some of the th some of the um, I'll just go ahead and say it like some of the philosophies that it talks about, uh, and then you kind of read between the lines a little bit about Yoko Taro. It all starts to make sense in a way that he is. He's kind of a, a, a prankster, um, if you can't already tell. So he sort of, he, he makes, he likes video games, but he also makes fun of them by, through his video games. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't like that and they don't, they don't get that, at least through the first pass. So if you're going to play near, I would say play it with a little bit of a tongue in cheek attitude and a little bit of a, of a light heart. Cause there's stuff, there's stuff in the near games that it's just bad. It's like, it's just not, it's just not good. But as far as like a, like a standard game design, but it's almost, I think it's almost always on purpose. Um, so I don't know that, that just adds charm to me, but I, I'm excited for it. Um, I, I, I like near a lot. Um, uh, and uh, I'll be looking forward to playing with uh, playing that. Another game that I don't know if you've seen that was on the Nintendo Direct toward the end was a game called Harvestella. Have you heard of it? Uh, no, uh, not that I can recall. What what's it about? So like it is. Uh, it seems to be a JRPG, but it's about farming and battling. So there is like battling and stuff. Uh, and going and fighting monsters, but it looks pretty kind of like, like run of the mill as far as that goes. But a lot of the game that they posted up front was, um, about like farming and growing crops and stuff. So I don't know. It seems like it's going to have some kind of har harvest moon type elements to it and be more homey and, and chill of a game. Okay, I just quick looked at some screenshots here, and yeah, it, it reminds me of you know. So every every game, uh, essentially, had uh, since Harvest Moon uh, was the same until you got Rune Factory, which then added like some dungeon elements, if I remember correctly. And 
then of course uh harvest moon kind of fell to the wayside for a bit uh, and then everyone got into stardew like heavily because and so stardew became the new uh yeah. oh it's a stardew like instead of a harvest moon like mm. uh but this essentially fits those that style but except for it's um more anime instead of like cute chibi uh characters or like you know working with essentially small sprites so yeah this it looks interesting uh has looks like it has some anime ass anime uh in here as well so i'm not sure exactly how reliable some of these screenshots are but it has someone in chains just like crucified oh. Oh. so i'm like okay okay <laughs> like well... you know they're probably they're probably just unconscious they're just sleeping okay there's there's no gore um <laughs> you got to free them probably i don't know but that's like it could just be it could be completely related unrelated uh but i typed in harvestella and this is what i found uh, so <laughs> uh yeah i don't know about all that uh, there's definitely Hopefully there's not a machine with a protruding object that moves back and forth. Um, but yeah. I guess only time will tell. So that game looked kind of interesting. I doubt, uh, I don't know, if I hear good things about it, I might uh, jump for it. I feel like there was one game I was looking at that already had a review up and I was kind of surprised. Maybe it was Monster Hunter. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was Monster Hunter. It had a four star out of five on some website. So I guess I guess that's out or very close well this is just an expansion to the monster hunter if i remember correctly because you know it's this is the one that's been out for a while i thought and so this is just more content for it the sunbreak okay maybe maybe that's it i didn't really watch it very closely i just uh saw it and i was like well that seems to be what they're putting out first so they must think because it's i believe they sh i believe they've shown it on other uh events as well uh, but because I've kind of stepped, I'm waiting for like essentially Monster Hunter World 2 because there's no way I can convince my friends to get around to getting to playing Monster Hunter if it kind of falls back into, you know, uh, they like the PC experience that we had last time. Um, and that's kind of what I think I'll have to wait for. And granted, it is on PC now, but I mean, we played a lot of the old Monster Hunter World. And so I, it has to be another, you know, like bombastic you know expansion you know, game to come out for me to get them to be like hyped yeah so none of my friends really had gotten into it so that's why i stayed away if... though the um the palamutes seem pretty cute palamutes uh uh they're like they're, uh, they're dogs the oh dogs that was it roll with they're, they're the new uh creature that they added because you had the palico palico um, that's what i was thinking of yeah uh yeah if and when uh there is a monster hunter world to surely there'll be something like that but if and when that happens i definitely I, I will definitely join your crew of monster hunters um we'll see if we can fit you in that would that would be cool if you would draw straws or something how many can you play is it like a four max or is it like a 50 or how many people can you get on that um i believe it was only four because you can either do um you can roll with, like, for example, if you roll two players, you are able to, in Monster Hunter World, have your Palicos with you. The moment you got three, everyone had to lose their Palico. Uh, and so it was actually kind of harder that way. Because at least if you and one other person played, you had at least have your AI backup. Uh, so, you know, it's either two or four were a comfortable number to play with, is what I thought. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, man, I would love to do that. I, I'd like to get into a game like that. Uh Cause I don't, I've never had the occasion to get in and with a crew. Well, I guess besides, um, I don't, I, for some reason, I don't really consider uh, back for blood that way because it was pretty, it was, it was more rote. Uh, but like a monster hunter type game seems like it'd be more 
more reliant upon somebody really pulling their weight and a lot more to do, you know, uh, on the single single player level within the four player kind of campaign. So anyway, it sounds cool to me. Um, yeah. So I think that I think the big thing was this one had the traversal system. Uh, they switched. They added uh, uh, kind of like a hook shot feature. And so I've heard a lot of good things about that and how it kind of made the game a lot more uh, fun to put it simply. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of excited for them to impl- they'll probably take that and uh, tweak it and make it better for the next uh, installment is what I'm figuring. Yeah. Um, so the, the last thing on the Nintendo Direct that I found interesting and maybe even the most interesting thing to me um, was uh, they are finally bringing the Persona series, Persona 3, 4, and 5 to the Nintendo Switch. Um, I, of course, have played Persona 4 Golden back in the day one it's definitely one of my favorite games of all time i don't even know where it would probably land maybe maybe in the top 10 definitely in the top 20 I, i'm almost certain um great game but i've already played that but i'm what i'm what i'm more excited about is i never got to play persona 5 and even though it is like a 120 hour game minimum i've always wanted to give it a try uh because it did it did look uh, pretty cool to me and i just enjoyed the fourth one so much um did, uh, did you ever get a chance to play persona 5 yeah i actually own the um i own the base version uh and then i played a little bit of it uh my wife played more of it than i did and then when they announced the like we didn't really get around it too too much uh this is one of those things we played uh but then they announced both the anime and then eventually they announced royal and the moment I knew Royal was coming out, and it was for the same generation, I was just like, "I'm done." No, I'm like, it's like at least Golden. It came out way later, uh, and it was it added a bunch of stuff. But for you to be as uh, gutsy as to release it on the same during the same generation of console, I'm like, I I despise you guys right now. So I was it was an okay um, story. I ended up watching the anime because I honestly didn't have as much liking to the actual uh, game. I mean, it, it, they really polished their um, aesthetics, and it's like, yeah, you know, a, a friend of mine who I recommended uh, Persona 4 Golden countless times. They tried getting into it. They never really got into a JRPG like that, and they, so they had a hard time really getting caught into it. But then they played Persona 5 when that first came out, and they absolutely fell in love with it really? and couldn't put it down. Um, and then they that got them to go back to Persona 4, but for them, it was like the visual aesthetics because Persona 4 is a uh, golden is a polished uh, PS2 game, essentially, is what yeah. it is. And so they had a really hard time with the aesthetics that way. Uh, but they in the, like, like the characters, in my opinion, were so much better in four than they were in five. Uh, and they I mean, had to admit that they're like the, the Persona 5 characters are kind of bland in comparison. Um, and I feel like the stakes throughout the series have kind of gotten more and more like. I don't know, downgraded. It was you know, in originally it was like the the end of the world and like like just crazy psychotic stuff. And then it, you know, it slowly went to like, now we're just thieves and we're freeing these people, not like dealing with murder. Uh yeah. you know. Persona three, I'm I'm ex- I'm kind of happy like they chose the right Persona three to put on this, um, because they redid Persona uh persona 3 for the playstation the psp and that's why it's the portable version and what they did is they changed it so it they 
Persona, if I remember correctly, came out on the PS2, uh, Persona 3, and they then they came out with a collector's edition or the uh, FES, the festival edition, mm-hmm. and that one had the extra ending and extra character uh, later as well. So it gives you extra storyline to that. Then when they remade, then they remade it for the portable, uh, the PSP, they cut out all that extra stuff. <laughs> So it's like, like we they made it more user friendly. The interface was better. The camera work was better. Um, but they're like, yeah, we're not adding in the extra bonus content. So that was always the thing people were torn on. Which one do I play if it's the first time I'm playing it? I would honestly recommend play, play the um, Persona Three Portable because it is this the better one to, to use to play with. And then what you do is at the end, watch on YouTube someone else's. Uh, run through of the festival edition just to get the extra bonus content at the end. Okay, so uh, that's, that's which how one, I honestly feel about that. Which one is coming to Switch? Uh, do you do you um, think it's uh, it's uh, the portable? Uh, that okay. So these same the same three games are also coming to Game Pass. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, dang, uh, that really undercuts undercuts me actually buying them. Because um, I, I, I probably nice wouldn't... to have them on the go, and they're yeah. the right size kind of games for the go. To be honest. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to buy them. I'm just going to play them on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, but you have no reason to. Um, I already own them anyways, except for Royal. Now, now I might actually get into it, but uh, just dude, because. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, if, if you've already played it, I mean, if I were you and I'd already played it, and I, you know, kind of sort of bounced off of it once, I, I, I don't know if I would spend the time. But um, yeah, I, I forgot they are going to Game Pass. I did, I did see that. Um, Dang man, that really makes it kind of hard to spend 50, 60 bucks on them. If they release it all, if they release them all together, that would be really cool. Um, if they release them all together, like as a sixty dollar package, I would say okay, that's cool. But coming to Game Pass, it just really undercuts it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll definitely play them. Not, I'm not sure how I will, but I'll, I'll definitely play five for a while. But yeah, man, playing it in bed just seems like the cool thing to do to me. Um, but, uh, three, I was going to mention three does, uh, does seem interesting to, to go back and kind of see how, uh, how that was. Cause I, I have heard good things that persona three did sort of change the game a little bit. Um, and it was, it was really good before persona four actually came. Um, man, going you back, put, they put a gun to their head to, to release their, uh, personas. <laughs> that's seriously, see, it's a way darker story. And that's comparison. so much. That's actually pretty cool. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's pretty cool. But um, Persona 4, like your friend, uh, I I wanted to interject with this before. Like, the characters in Persona 4 are so good, man. Like, you know, you as the the protagonist, you're sort of just this sort of uh, trousers to to, to run around in. But all the other characters, um, even the kind of annoying mascot one, is they're all good. And then... Like, you got Chie, man. Like, Chie is, like, one of the best characters, like, of all time, man. She's so, she's so, she's so likable. And, like, I don't know, the the voice and the writing all just matched together and made it great. Yep, uh, Chie is the waifu for the win. Uh, but yeah. then there's also, you got Kanji, man. Uh, Kanji was such a great character uh really well written just funny as anything there's the summer event uh where they go to the beach and that scenario 
I remember laughing out loud so hard because I was in the middle of the night. I was I was playing it in bed and I just I bust out laughing. I'm like, oh, crap, I, I'm afraid I was going to wake up you know, my spouse. And I'm like, nope. OK, cool. And then I ended up having to immediately reload my save and then go through the other scenarios just to see all the options because it was hilarious. It was it. I, I truly love that game. That game was so solid from the back. Um either the anime if you're never going to get around to playing the game watch the anime it's it's also worth watching uh, there's actually a easter egg uh for persona 3 uh there as well like they go to visit uh they go on a school trip and they end up visiting some people uh or running into some people from persona 3 wow. uh, so okay they kind of like oh it's the same timeline you know so <laughs> okay yeah man uh I, i'm excited for those games coming out um and uh, we'll just see. We'll just see how that goes. Um, so next up, uh, EA uh, mocks single-player gamers, um, and they have been getting a lot of shit for this. Uh, so I'll read the um, the thing that they posted. Uh, I don't know where this was posted, but they said. Uh, so I'll just I'll just read the this is an article coming from Video Games Chronicle. Um, I'll just read a little bit of the article to start. On Thursday, the FIFA and Battlefield publisher EA put its own spin on a popular meme by posting, "They're a ten, but they only like playing single player games." Um, so, uh, like the, so this message. Um, I'll read a little more. The, the message, while likely intended as a lighthearted joke, received an overwhelming negative response, and it's more than 7,000 replies. Uh, yeah, man, like, I, I think that's such a shitty thing to say. Um, well, considering the fact that they just had, uh, just a few years ago, released uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and that was so well-received, um, you know, that and EA was, you know, they made the Mass Effect games, uh, those are the ones that come to my mind right off the bat. Uh, so, yeah, just, I don't know, they're also a company that I believe um, there's no such thing as bad publicity because uh, I mm. feel that, that no matter what, they're still relevant in the eyes of people, even if it's negative, even if it's a voted worst company, like to work, uh, like multiple years running uh, for a while. You know, it's like they they still are in people's, the forefront of people's minds, essentially. Uh, is it stupid? Absolutely. But I mean, that's well, also the, the gamble with social media, right? Well, I mean, they you, have, you're being clever. They've got, they've got Madden and FIFA and those games print money. And those games like those are video games, but they are part of, to me, like the great schism. People that play those games, uh, like every like every year, like they don't play anything else, like by and large, the like the people that play FIFA and Madden every year, they are in their they're on their own island as far as like in the gaming community. I, I would say they're not playing, I don't know your uh your Overwatches that much. They're probably not even playing Call of Duty as much. They're not. They're definitely not playing a lot of the single player games. Um, so it's, it's weird. Like EA can kind of has made, has made its business in video games, uh, off of people that don't really play video games in a traditional way as, as I see it. 
Um, so I guess they feel like they can, they can say something like that. And, and that, that makes sense to, to their audience somehow. Anyway, um, it's, uh, I thought it was a pretty dumb thing to say, but it, it is still just a tweet. Um, so it, it's whatever, but it's just another thing of EA being just, what do you call it? Uh, kind of just not <laughs> out of touch. That's, that's good. I was just saying like not reading the room, but I think maybe out of touch is even better. Uh, they just, they're just irritating. Um, and, uh, yeah, anyway, so that's just a little bit of, uh, of what's going on a little bit of scuttlebutt. Um, uh, another thing that came out was, um, this past week, I think was Nintendo says it can't realistically make sequels to every series fans request. So this was a, there's a little, um, there's a little interview with, um, one of uh, the executives at Nintendo, uh, yeah, senior managing executive officer Shinya Takahashi, um, and uh, apparently, like, like they, like he was saying, like we can't, like we can't make sequels for everything that fans ask for. I kind of understand that. Um, I, I, I get that as a business. Like, there's some games. It's like you may love that game, but like the numbers, the money just doesn't, it just doesn't work out, man. Sorry. Like what, like our marketing says it's not going to sell and you know, you can't, you can't make games that don't sell. Uh, unfortunately, like it's, it's a business. So you have to, you have to go, uh, you have to follow that path. And sometimes it does not lead to more captain Falcon. Yeah. Well, no one needs an F zero. <laughs> yeah. But they, they can't make everything. Uh, that fans request. I, I totally get that. Something else that he said um, that was interesting is that there's been a lot of times where fans started requesting uh, sequels and they were actually already working on, on them. So I guess they, they had to be uh, quiet about it or, or whatever. I don't really know what his point was with that, but I guess it was just to say that, uh, Hey, we do make sequels to things that you ask about. It's just, uh, we can't, we can't do it for everything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's kind of the thing, I guess. Uh, when you have properties like Nintendo, and you've been around for so long, you have stuff that was a good one-off idea, but uh, but and has fans, but wasn't able to really be capitalized on. Do Do you think that that like Sony or Xbox will ever run into this problem? Yeah, uh, they they all do to a certain extent. Nintendo is just really bad because they. Uh, they're slower about releasing games in general. They kind of move at their own cadence. Uh, so one of the things you know, like comes to mind when it comes to these type of things is uh, Metroid, the Metroid series Prime, and uh, like they've been waiting for a new numbered. Uh, they got a re, you know, they got that fan to make the or to help, I believe, with uh, one of the uh, remakes not that long ago because a fan just on his own remade uh, uh, Metroid Two. Oh yeah, and. You know, so I remember that, and then they, of course, they got immediately shut down. But you can still find the, uh, the you know, the data files online, and yeah, yeah, it's just Nintendo. Uh, you know, it's you know, it's like they hear their fans, but their fans also like their fans are fans. Like they're they're very diehard. They're very thirsty for things, but because they don't get things as often, and it's not as flashy. Uh, granted, the Switch has done so well 
uh, financially. And it's like going to be the best, probably best selling system of all time uh, by the time you're done with it. Uh, well, if it, if it, you know, well yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it be seems pretty hard to beat the PS2, but um i mean I'm, I'm not sure what the current numbers are but it's it's um the switch is just doing stellar and yeah. they they you know it month after month well. they're yeah. still really good so yeah i mean and then it, i guess it depends on how much you're splitting hairs if they uh come out with the switch pro you know so long as so long as those games work on the og switch then can you still classify it as part of the same family um you know until you do switch two you know well the 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 landscape has changed so much since, you know, PS one, two, and even and three and and before. In the old days, it, it, it we had this uh, basically just uh, the generation just got chopped off. You know, it was an island of a piece of hardware, and you could maybe give an expansion pack, but it really didn't add all that much as far as like generational like leaps are concerned. And now what people are playing on is just PCs. Like they're just PCs with proprietary operating systems uh, that, that run the software. And that's why like you can, you know, it takes a while. It takes a while for the licenses to run out, but God of War can be played on a PS4 and then it gets shipped over to PC it's like ported oh but it's really not it's really not that big of a deal to port a game um over or else they wouldn't do it so often because uh, they do it with pretty much everything so it, it's it's a weird thing i i don't know like it, you are kind of running into like uh if there's a switch pro and it's a half step forward it's going to be way more than any kind of expansion pack ever would have back in the 90s or even the 2000s uh so yeah, I mean, I, I guess the way I think about it is like a ten-year. If you think of, a, of it like a ten-year lifespan, I would say, uh, you know, PlayStation Two from two thousand one uh, to or two thousand ish, two thousand one. It must have been two thousand one. Uh, it was two thousand. Uh, I'm currently, or at least according Japan, to the wiki maybe. article, I just pulled up for numbers. Okay. Uh, and so the PS Two, uh, you're looking at uh, lifetime sales uh, currently showing at one hundred and fifty-five million. Yeah. Uh, so you have the PS4 uh, came out in 2013. Uh, so you're looking at 117.2 million, and the Switch 2017, 107 million, 107.65 million. Okay. Uh, so it's only 10 million behind the PS4, and you're looking at, you know, essentially uh, less than 50, like 40 something. A million behind ps2 yeah. and it's only you know the life it's only been five years so yeah uh it, i mean if they keep kind of doing sort of like an iterative stuff it, it it could make it um but daggum like 155 million and even and i think video games are more popular now than they were back then in, in the 2000s um uh, they they are showing the ds as being a uh, 154 uh 0.02 million so it was almost the 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 nintendo ds almost reached uh ps2 yeah uh and it, they did separate at least the uh 3ds so it doesn't it might include the uh nintendo dsi i'm not sure uh but yeah that's that was the last up until just now 
I, it was like the last Nintendo consoles I owned was the DS, the Wii, and now the Switch. Yeah. So that those that, that was the you know what I owned. Dude, 155 million sold by the PS2 in the 2000s. Like that is insane. Like even if something sells that much like today, I I would say it's still unless it does it in like record time, like really really fast, but I would say that's still you know not it, it's still not the same thing because Games are more popular now. I think they sell more in general now. Um, so just think, like, just yeah. But you got to remember, the PS2 was also the most affordable blue or uh, DVD player back then. Yeah, man. I guess I guess that does <laughs> does add into it because it's like, well, we may as well get it, you know. And they did the same thing with with, with Blu-ray um, in, in a way too. But gosh, man, 155 million. Everybody had a PS2. That was such a great system. Well, it's 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 amazing. Anyway, enough of uh, of our uh, trip down memory lane. Let's get back into one more little news story. It pissed me off, so I wanted to bring it up. Um, coming back around to Xenoblade Chronicles Three, full circle. The special edition pre-orders. Uh, this is round two of the pre-orders, and it is Fubar. Once again, so if you haven't heard the first round of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 pre-orders uh, where they were sold out in like seconds or minutes or whatever. Um, and uh, so what Nintendo decided to do was just do the exact same thing again like a month later. Um, and the same thing happened again. So that sucks. But something else that's happening is... Uh, now the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 pre-order, um, they are being scalped for $300. So originally it's $89 US or 90 bucks, uh, US. Um, and now they're being scalped online for 250 and 300, between 250 and $350. Um, so that sucks. Uh, cause I was, uh, this is, this is one of the things I was going to try to do is, is get it because it comes with an art book and like a steel case or a special case or something like that. And those art books are pretty cool. They're, they're pretty good as far as like, Hey, you know, I was there at the beginning and they have all kinds of cool, cool stuff in them. Um, and I was excited to get it and I wanted to pay the extra money for it. Uh, but I can't do that now because, uh, of scalpers and Nintendo, I just don't, I just don't understand it. Like, like put the pre-order out there, let it stand and, and keep track of it. Let people buy and just say, whenever someone's going to buy, if they're buying a day, like the next day, the day after that say, Hey, look, we've been getting a lot of these and our production can only handle so much. So you're not even going to get your, going to get yours until 2023, maybe even 2024. Like I would be okay with that. I plan to live that long, at least. So I'd be okay with having to wait a long time uh, to get this. And I just, I just don't understand. Like, guys, just leave it up and let me decide if I want to wait that long. I don't know. Nintendo's been really bad about this uh, since the Wii. Yeah. Uh, they like, it's one of those things that you know. It, back then, it used to be conspiracy theory. Uh, talk about how they love to um, 
you know, to shortchange the pre-orders and stuff and, and have a minimum uh, stock in order to help drive, you know, interest and cost and this and that for consoles. And, you know, a lot of people kind of brush that off as just like, it's, it is what it is. It's just a messed up situation. Nintendo's not like that. They're the family console. And then uh, you see it happen again uh, later on, especially with the Switch being like, why can't you just, you know, like make a bunch or like take a bunch of pre-orders and then at least the whole point of a pre-order is to know the demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to get a bunch of people who are going to pre-order, that means there's a bunch of people who are interested, and that way you can make what is needed. Um, now, the, the the defense that I saw for a lot for Nintendo was like, well, they don't, like for consoles, like they don't want to make a bunch of stuff and then just have it sitting in a warehouse because that, that yeah. takes up money. They can. And, yeah. yeah, but the thing is, Nintendo has always been known to have the slush fund of cash. Uh, they have a bunch of the Nintendo savings in reserve, uh, more than most companies. Uh, so honestly, it's not a risky thing, especially you know when they came out with the Switch. I can understand in the beginning. Oh yeah, it's it's a new thing. Last thing we made was the Wii U. Everyone laughed at us, and now uh, here's this thing. It's kind of a new take. It's a little dicey. They see it take off. All right, you know, slam production of full force. The only the only thing is, it also came out during pandemic or shortly before pandemic, but the pandemic helped increase the sales. It came out in like oh 2018, 2017? Uh, so a couple couple years before pandemic. Um, but then you know, well, so it's hard to get way before then. And then when the pandemic did hit, like yeah, guys, eh, you know. Uh, but that's they just there's no reason for them not to make a bunch. I uh, like like I think that the switch, you know for whatever uh, production issues they had, they definitely weren't anywhere near the Wii. You know, the Wii took like a year and that was even before we had a lot of these, these shortages. Um, that, that was kind of the first time I ever experienced a console just like being sold out for that long, you know, just for, for months and months, like a year, it was like a year. It felt like a year. It, took more, it, it was, it was almost two years uh, yeah. at least. I was working retail and that was a nightmare. Uh, it it was a yeah. sickening bit. Uh, people calling, especially during the holiday season. Um, you know, like having you know the, the people using trying to use the store tracker. You know, like the tracking oh, yeah. websites and stuff like that. And uh, it's uh, yeah, it was just the one of the most annoying things I could uh, imagine. And that's why personally, uh, my disdain for uh, Nintendo had come around that time. Yeah. Uh, it's like. You know that, and I kind of grew up out of their games. Essentially, it's like I still liked, I still owned the Wii, um, and I played a lot of the games because I liked a lot of the shooting stuff on there. But then they came out with so much shovelware, and then so Nintendo kind of started losing me as a a fan. Uh, and then I wasn't, I was overseas for the Wii U, so I wasn't going to buy a new console then. And yeah. the, the you know the 3DS was a neat idea, but. I was still, I didn't, I like my old, my OG uh, DS and DS Lite because DS Lite played the advanced games and I have a bunch of Game Boy Advance games and I still have my uh, Game Boy Advance SP. So yeah, it was hard for me to give that up. Uh, granted, I know a lot of people modded their DSs and stuff like that. I'm like, that's actually, you know, I'm kind of curious about that, but I might end up doing that to my Switch because I haven't really found much need for my Switch in a long time. And I think it'd be just a fun thing to try to do. That would be cool. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like to hear about that if you give it a try because um, I've got two switches, and so I might try to mod one because uh, I have a, a bit of a safety one anyway. So yeah, like 
I yeah I I, I have kind of gone back and forth on whether I think uh, whether whether I believe in the conspiracy theories about Nintendo and their production things. But I'm go- going back toward uh, that it is a bit of a it is a bit on purpose. Um, I think that that this is in a way it's you know there's no such thing as bad p- publicity and this is free p- publicity that allows them to um, not have to spend money on on uh, holding on to storage space uh, and it creates a, a, a rarity for their product and everybody's clamoring for it and it just it just makes it seem like everybody wants this you know it generates FOMO of yeah. you know the fear of missing out and that is that is honest to goodness the truth i mean one of the reasons why i bought my switch was because it was still hard to find and it was uh 2017 is when i happened to see it in a store it was in the best buy and i'm like you know what i'm gonna buy it but i also also in an extenuating circumstance where i found myself uh back stateside for a few months uh without any anything else like yeah. i didn't have a laptop with me i had you know, so I had no other forms of entertainment and I didn't, I wasn't going to buy a new console because all my stuff was left back overseas. So I'm like, oh, here, I'll buy this new thing. And then I bought a, I bought a few new, the games. And that's, that's why, um, despite me complaining as much as I have about, um, breath of the wild, that was one of the reasons why I could did so much of it is because I hadn't, I didn't really have much else at the time. Uh, so that was my only gaming device. And I was either that or, um, yeah. uh, Mario Kart. And you can only play Mario Kart by yourself so much before you're like, yeah, all right, I'm done. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's only so much Mario Kart that you can you can do on your own. That's true. Um, yeah, it's it's just another like Fubar thing. But I'm gonna keep uh, looking out for for the special edition pre-order um, and, and trying to get it. Uh, I kind of doubt that I'll be able to. And I'm not gonna pay 250 bucks because that's just it's just exorbitant. Um, it just it just sucks. Like. It, it doesn't make me like Nintendo anymore. Um, and it's just sad because they're, because they're not they're I mean, they might get $60 from me, but it also kind of sours me on the, on the Xenoblade Chronicles three experience. You know, it's like, well, I wanted to get, I wanted to pay for the, the full thing, the full special edition. But uh, now I'm, I'm not even, you know, it, I probably still will buy the regular, but it doesn't make me feel any better about it. And, you know, they're getting $60 from me instead of 90. So, you know, that's, and, and it just, it just sucks. Um, and I, I just wish they would fix it. Just fix it, man. Anyway. Um, so that's going to be it for the news. Um, so we're going to jump right over into what we've been playing. Uh, and I guess I'll go, I'll go first a little bit. I started, I finally started playing, Vampire Survivors, <laughs> and I think I I think I texted you um, and said, uh, "Man, this game is I don't know." I said, "This game's awesome" or whatever. So when I, I I opened the game up and I was like, "Wait, so it's just moving the stick around?" Um, and then like, and it, that's what it is, yeah. But more and more of the game kind of revealed itself to me. I won't talk about this too much because we've already talked about Vampire Survivors. Like, it's like he never. It's like he's been podcasting by himself for all this time. I know. I mean. Yeah, like, like I, I, like I was just like, wow, this is uh, this is it's, it's another one of those games 
and I'm going to make this a category in game of the year, but it's, it's one of those games that is better than it has any right to be. Um, and it's, it's definitely in the running for that. Um, I think I've got a couple others that are, that are, uh, that are in there. And anyway, it's just, it's a cool game. I'm, I can see why and how you, you uh, like completed it or whatever, or you, you got all the stuff in it because you can't just, did at, I did at version like version 0.5. So now, now it's at 0. 0.73 so, or 0. 0.7, 0. 0.3. So it's not quite 1.0 yet. And they've added like another 20 tro uh, achievements, three, four new characters, a bunch. They keep on adding a bunch of stuff. So yeah, I've got... actually stopped, stepped away so I can let that accumulate. And then once every, like once every couple weeks, I'll play one round and I, I, I just rack up a couple achievements at all in one go, like, like three different things. And I'm like, okay. And then, that's it. So that's I'm letting it. I'm stepping away from it so I can get more out of it later on when it goes 1.0. Essentially, that's uh, that's a good idea. Um, I, I I played a good a good little bit of it, a couple hours of it. Uh, but it is I can see totally why you were able to complete it at, at you know 0.5 or whatever because you can just like you know do a run and just it is a super chill. You don't have to think about anything game. Uh, and then um, you can be like, well. That took run took about ten minutes, you know, or twenty minutes or whatever. I've got some more time. Let me just just one more run. So it's it's a cool game for that. Um, yeah, I don't know how much more I'm going to play of it, but I definitely I'm glad I <laughs> I definitely glad I got into it a little bit. So another game I played about an hour of is a game called Little Witch in the Woods. Uh, it's a Korean game uh, made by uh, I think it's Korean. Um, I feel like maybe it's not uh, a Tencent. So maybe it's Chinese, actually. Uh, I could have sworn it was Korean, though. Anyway, it's a cute little game. It's on Game Pass. Um, it's just a game game preview. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago, and they were saying that I think there's like 10 hours of gameplay or so. I don't know if that's true. I only played about an hour of it. It is a, it is a cute little um, isometric... Uh, sort of uh, pixel art-ish style. The, the pixel art in it is is very nice, um, and it is uh, you're this little witch who is uh, trying to get to a town or school or something, and uh, you. It's all at the, at the beginning. You, you your train stops, and uh, because of a thing in the road, you get off the train. You go exploring a little bit. Of course, you miss you miss the train as it leaves, uh, and so you're kind of stuck in this little area with a little with a little witch hut that you find. And uh, I haven't gone into the town yet, but apparently you explore the town and do all kinds of stuff. You have this you have a book, and you pull up you know you pull up uh, you're supposed to draw like animals that you see. It sounds silly, but like you like draw animals that you see, and you can catch catch bugs and things uh, and get certain kinds of plants and then make stuff with them. Um, it's all a uh, very cute aesthetic and your, your hat talks to you. Um, so it, it was a fun, it was a fun little game. It is, it is super chill and super, um, I don't know, uh, cute. It's just, it's just very cute. Uh, so it's not going to like blow your socks off or anything, but, but it, it was enjoyable. Um, it's not, it's not a, the full game is not out yet. I think the developer said that they are not planning to get it out until 2023, the, the full thing. So I think I will probably put it away 
and not really touch any more of it because it didn't really blow me away. Um, uh, but it's something that I might revisit in 2023 whenever they do get the full thing out. Uh, have you seen any of this game yet at all? Um, I only seen the screenshots, and that was really about it. Uh, it reminded me of, uh, well, using Little Witch in it is um, they have an anime of Little Witch Academia. Wait, uh, yep, uh, and that one's all right. If I remember correctly, it's either done by Studio Trigger or those affiliated with, uh, and that has a very unique art style, which I'm always down with. So, but when I saw this. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it looked it looked cute, but at the same time, I I didn't really think see myself playing it. Uh, mostly just because you know I don't really get Vampire Survivors aside. I don't really play a lot of early access games. Yeah. Um, it is very you know it's those one of the things that like I waited for the Darkest Dungeon to actually come out before it kicked my teeth in. Um, so stuff like that. I usually like to wait for the full release. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think you might you might enjoy it. it. It's um it is kind of slow. I would say to start it is it is sort of slow. If I was going to be harsh to it, but um yeah it's a uh, it's a pretty cool looking game. Um another thing for me uh, before before we jump over to some of the stuff you've been playing is uh I this isn't really a video game but in sort it sort of is. I've been um looking at my D and D setup. Uh, I play I play D and D online with uh with a, a group of guys and we've been using roll 20, which is what most people use, um, for a little over a year now. And, uh, it is roll 20. It's dog shit, but it is, uh, it is the easiest to use. And I only really started getting into DMing, um, a little over a year ago, like a year and a half ago. So I, so I just wanted to get something that like I could do and just work on prepping and not have to really mess with, um, all kinds of things while I was actually learning how to be a DM, you know? So I, after, so now I've kind of gotten, uh, a lot of the core things out of the way and I've, uh, made all the mistakes that you can make, um, or at least most of them and clean them up. And I, I am ready now to get to the part where I, I start up, get up updating my, my game and making it a little bit more dynamic, giving my players a little bit more of a, of a thing, um, a little bit more of an enjoyable experience. Uh, so, um, I switched over to probably the most popular for like serious dungeon masters. Uh, there's a, an application called foundry VTT. Um, it is, a uh, some people people uh, people argue that it's that it's better than Fantasy Grounds, which is uh, which is a another application that's been around for a long time. People used to swear by, um, and, and and still do. I think uh, uh, Matt Colville, uh, he the last time I checked, he was still using Fantasy Grounds. I could be wrong because it's been like a couple of years since I've seen that, but but he was like, you know, Fantasy Grounds has everything I need and. And it is cool, but it is expensive. It's very expensive. Foundry VTT, people say, is um, is better in a lot of ways, and it's definitely cheaper. So it is a fifty dollar uh, purchase, like one time, and then you do have to pay like five bucks a month. You can kind of finagle it, uh, but about five bucks a month to run a server, 
uh, of of your own. So so anyway, I've been fiddling around with that kind of stuff, and it I'm not switching over to it yet. I'm still gonna have to use Roll Twenty for uh, the next couple sessions at least. But um, I am slowly upgrading to it, and and uh, it's 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 pretty cool. I'm also finding a bunch of different things like. Um, there's a, a map making website uh, called Incarnate, which is probably the most popular and best one. Uh, it's one of the more expensive ones too, but you can make some kick-ass battle maps and regional maps and stuff like that um, on, on Incarnate. And I've been playing with that. I have a, a buddy of mine that's in my game actually. He he let me know he already has it, so he gave me his password, and I've been uh, just playing with it. I think I'm going to go ahead and get a subscription to it though. Um because it, it it's really cool. Uh, and then there's something else that I had that another friend of mine shared with me. There's a game. It, it's, it's technically, I guess a game, not a game it's on steam and it's, I think 35 99 right now because of the sale, but it's called dungeon alchemist. And it is a, um, I'm like so close to pulling the trigger and buying this thing. It, it's, it's a, it's a map maker uh, for, I guess, D and D in theory. Um, but it's procedurally generated. So it's like, you just tell it, Hey, I want a tavern. Um, and then you drag and drop, uh, you know, you like drag a, uh, a square for how big you want the tavern to be, you know, five by 10 or, or whatever. Um, and then it populates just randomly everything that would kind of go in a tavern. And then you can, you know, select stuff and move it around uh, if you don't like this or you don't like that. Um, but the, the thing that I'm hesitating about is that, you know, it is like 30, like $35 right now. Uh, and my buddy said it was really cool, but I read one of the reviews and um, th- this person had sp- some more critical stuff to say about it. It was pretty well, well written review. Their, their main complaint was that it's, it looks good in promos, but as like a, as an actual battle map making thing, it does, it doesn't really work in practice as well as they kind of purported to. Some of the things he said is like, so like when you make a room, it'll just drop tables and chairs in and a lot of the time, I did notice that a lot of the stuff in the rooms was too big. Like the chairs are, you know, there's very little walking space. And it's like, that's cool. But in a, but in a D&D map, you need, you need more of that. Um, he also said that like the, the, the promos that show up in the trailer, the, the rooms they make there are cool and, and nice and put together. But he said that in real life, in the real game or whatever, whenever you generate a room, a lot of times it just, it's bad. It just throws stuff randomly and it's not really made. Um, like, like it, it's just ugly and you have to kind of screw around, around with it a lot more than they uh, kind of say you have to. So anyway, I'm, oh. This is the prime time for you to go ahead and experiment with it. You know, pick it up, play with it for a few hours, and if you have to, I mean, this yeah. is a legit reason for the Steam uh, return policy, right? Because it's not like you are abusing it. You know, like I'm gonna make a bunch of maps and then, or make a bunch of things and then just export and, you know, like 
like I, I got my money's worth. Uh, you know, you're not really running away with anything. But if you, you know, if you're really on the fence, I mean, honestly, there there is a return policy for a reason. I know people, some people uh, love to abuse it and other people uh, feel really like icky about uh, returning anything. And I'm like, you know what, there's there's a time and place for everything. Um, and uh, that's why when it came to buying used at GameStop or something like that when I used to work there, I used to tell people, I'm like, honestly, if you if you're going to play the game and you actually like it, you're probably going to keep it. I mean, but if you honestly don't like it, then just bring it back. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, that's what this is. I mean, if if it does turn out to be as, you know, disappointing, uh, then sure. You know, but if it turns out to be really, really awesome, then, you know, great. And well, you can always try it now. And then maybe in the future, after they go full release and maybe they do a lot more feature updates, you know, then you might revisit it then again later. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Um, I I do look at this and I see a lot of promise, man. I mean, it, it does have high, it does have positive very or very positive reviews. Overall, it's ninety three percent, and recently it's ninety two percent. So they're very positive. It is an early access, though they are still working on it. It, it was a Kickstarter originally. And that's kind of what the person, the main, the, the best rated review was complaining about is they were saying, you know, Kickstarter had it posted one way and this is not really, which, you know, who could have guessed that something on Kickstarter wouldn't have turned out, you know, in real life the way they said it was going to. So, so, uh, I probably will go ahead and buy it and stick I doubt I'll return if I buy it. I doubt I'll return it because I think it is a work in progress. It is probably is good enough to to uh, get some use out of, and then wait uh, for it to get better. But it's a cool thing, and it's definitely it's definitely worth checking out if you are into D and D or anything like that, uh, Pathfinder, like anything like that. Um, but they 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 also do need to expand. They don't have that many biomes and stuff like that, so. Anyway, I just thought that was pretty cool, um, and uh, that's uh, that's your D&D minute. <laughs> anyway, so that's all I've been playing, but uh, Joe, what have you been playing? All right, well, uh, last time we you know talked, we tried out the um, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, uh, Shredder's Revenge, and we we played about an hour of it at the time. And, you know, uh, well, uh, some of my buddies got together again, and they wanted to continue playing. Uh, you were actually playing D and D at the time, so that's that was, why you couldn't join us. That was a surprise session. I didn't. I, I was a, not. A, that was not a regular scheduled thing. But my buddy wanted to do it. So when you, so he already scheduled it, and we were playing. And you, you texted me, and I was like, "Dang, well, better luck next time." Yeah. Well, we ended up uh, playing for another like hour and a half, uh, and we you know it was high. pretty good. Uh, they seemed to fix some of the bugs, uh, but at the same time. Uh, some of the like we unlocked you can unlock certain characters to get like set uh, extra side quests or like you know, collectibles from and one of the people which was the i think it's like april o'neill's roommate uh the girl with glasses you know we had unlocked her when you and i played and so this time around i was actually hosting instead of my friend and she was not on the map so we actually had to replay through that level again and unlock her and then she was there but all the collectibles we had for her were, were still saved. So I don't remember unlocking. Yeah. I don't remember unlocking her. Um, uh, it was just you. It's one of those, you know, the side people you needed to collect her diary. So oh, okay. as we're going through the stage, you break, the, you break a door and she just comes out and she, you know, she says a, one or two lines 
and then you find her diary throughout the thing just like uh okay. the the news the news uh paper boss uh you know you collect his uh articles you collect the other guys uh vhs tapes you know you know but we went through played a bunch of levels uh it had they do a really good job about making it feel nostalgic they it plays very similar to how i remember those old games playing yeah um you know, that being said, you know, it's very good that way. But at the same time, I still feel like I can zone out when I'm playing it. I don't really seem to focus, have to focus much attention on it. Uh, but what what got us started to at least get more engaged was we noticed that in the beginning of the stage, if you pause it right away, you can check out the challenges you have for each stage. Sometimes it's like, don't use a special ability. Sometimes they're ridiculous, like, don't get injured. Um, yeah. So, which is asinine. That's uh, pretty wild. I mean, I can... That game is like one of those things where like I can see if you got good at it and you learned where everything was in a level playing it over and over again, you probably could beat it without getting injured. Um, you have to get pretty good though. Yeah, but it was you know it it provided an extra little uh, incentive for us to try harder. Uh, you know, because like throw enemies at the screen or something or do this and that, and so we kind of had more fun with it uh, the last time we played. Or it could have just been because you weren't there. I don't know. Uh, that was that's probably it. It's but people that checks with what, what people tell me usually. It was really fun. Oh, uh, you weren't there. So my my buddy who <laughs> uh, this is this is more or less the same one of the same groups that we play um, Monster Hunter with, and yeah. just the the same dude always decides to right before we go on a hunt, he would be like, "I'd like to try this new weapon." You know, I'm like, "Oh, you piece of crap." It's like he's like, "I like you level up your characters in um in this game." And so we are all playing with the same ones we played before. Uh, and he's like, I want to try Raphael. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing this to us? Luckily, this game doesn't really penalize you as bad as Monster Hunter. But uh, I'm like, this is so on point. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. so we were kind of it's just, this just is rolling just, our eyes. This is just, just like, stick like to your you. character. This is just like you, Mike. Always be doing that. You, know, you have a main for a reason. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. You experiment on your own time um exactly uh but no like i said it was it uh, got to play it more got to it's it's a good game uh i still think the music is uninspiring uh yeah. but honestly when you're playing with friends and especially if you have if you if you have even a remote soft spot for the old uh tv show or the old games it's it's really worth it yeah. uh, especially on game pass uh, yeah so. for free well not for free but for cheap <laughs> yeah. yeah so then uh and then recently uh uh so i've i went ahead and uh muse the uh the band is is making uh their tour uh rounds and so tickets recently went up on sale for nearby me uh for the fall and so i went ahead and picked up some tickets uh cool man. concert tickets are really expensive though at least oh, yeah. i haven't been to a concert for a very long time and most of the times i just go to like festivals yeah so you're paying the one entry fee which is you know, to be expected, and then you can see people on multiple stages. Um, but yeah, the venue is going to be a tiny, a smaller venue, so uh, it's nice. And being the fact that they're about to release a new album, uh, you know, but just having to having them in my you know, the front of my mind started making me think of um, Synth Riders, which was that uh, music game that they're in yeah. uh, that I bought the entire game just because they released their uh, DLC for uh, that, and they have a bunch of other good, really good DLC as well. And so it got me back into VR rhythm games again, that and Beat Saber, but kind of following down that rabbit hole. Uh, and then my buddy happened to bring by 
two really really awesome ddr mats uh that he wasn't using because i'm like maybe my oh. kid my kid can get into ddr uh he barely you know does anything but I'm like hey i'd rather have him jump on a mat than you try to use a controller uh that he has no right to use uh yeah he's just too young so it's like his hand can't even use the thumbsticks you know so uh it was either that or i'd give him like the og nintendo and I, I understand some people are like, yeah, you should totally bring them up from the ground up from like, they should play the old stuff like you did. I'm like, yeah, but my folks didn't make me watch black and white, you know, TV and they didn't make me watch movies without sound, you know, like they let me watch what was current and what was good. So I don't necessarily need to force my child to play the old stuff. I, um, I, I definitely see what you're saying. You definitely don't want to, don't, don't want to force them, but like, but I, I see uh, a benefit to, to going like, hey, you know, he's he's a toddler. He doesn't know. Or by the time he, let's say he's like three or four years old, like he doesn't really know the difference between between these things yet. So leave it, leave a Nintendo out, you know, or get a Raspberry Pi, make it look kind of decent, put put a controller out, and put some, you know, some good, some of the good old games on there. And if he likes him, he likes him. He'll, he'll probably still go to the iPad or whatever and just play some kind of like, you know, whatever thing is new and popular and shiny. But I definitely think that there's some value to like saying, hey, you know, it's here. And they might, I mean, he probably won't, uh, he won't uh, discriminate the way that we do. You know, like, oh, that's old. He's like, well, this is, it's all new to me because I'm, I'm a new person. <laughs> so um, I think there's, there's so I would it. get a pie, but the fact is raspberry pies have been uh, completely sold out uh, because of the chip shortage. Yeah. I was looking I, at a couple I really, months ago. I almost bought one of the arcade, um, the one-up little arcade countertops. Yeah. Because uh, my kid's daycare, one of the guys did this. He got the Marvel versus Catcom uh, countertop. And, which comes with like four or five games, but then he threw. He happened to have a pie, like he bought it before the shortage, and he went ahead and uh, he got a. There was like a ROM selection that was like a father daughter, like their their recommended selection, so it doesn't have any like mortal, like Mortal Kombat or nothing like that. And yeah, he just leaves it in the lobby, and my my kid makes a beeline for it. Like the moment the first time it was out there, he's like, "Ooh, shiny!" And he's just like you know like hit just kind of hammering away at it. i'm like okay he understands the concept and we we should pro like this is something i'm looking into then i looked into trying to get a, a new raspberry pi and those things are not impossible right now i mean one yeah. one website's like yeah we can pre-order it and you will you'll get it in like september so well I'm like, ah. i well i mean at least that's better than than nintendo <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. At least they uh, freaking so, put it out there. Like that that's all I want. I mean, like that sucks that you can't get it, but that's all I want is just let me buy it and wait. And, you know, throw in a sticker or something for my weight or something like that. Wouldn't even have to do that, but I would definitely appreciate it. Anyway, I, I That was the most millennial answer I could give me something else. Bonus, please. I mean, like if you're gonna if you give if me gonna, your manager, they will give me something. If you're gonna make me wait, like I'm not I'm not saying you've gotta do that, but if I was a company like Nintendo, I would do my best to get that to get it in everybody's hands to to meet demand. And if I couldn't if I couldn't supply this uh the product uh in a timely manner that like that that fits like my service model in general 
I would throw out something like if you have, like if you have to wait longer, you get a shirt or you get a sticker, something that's like just nothing, man. Like just why? A token. Why when they don't have to? Because people still buy them and still forgive them. Right. I mean, they still can't make a Joy-Con that works properly. Uh, so you know that's it's Nintendo, man. They they'll oh. they'll get away with it because Nintendo makes the things they make they make really well, and the fan base who loves them that are adults uh will love them no matter what yeah. um and yeah. you know the target demographic is is a bunch of kids who like i said that nostalgic audience is the right age to have a bunch of kids and so like i love nintendo you will love nintendo i mean my kid's not going to touch mine or i might do like what um uh vinny caravella did and just be like it's a docked unit that thing never goes portable <laughs> let my kid think it's never portable forever <laughs> that's actually it's actually a pretty good idea um yeah, like, uh, like, yeah. Oh man, uh, just thinking about that that old. Uh, you remember, remember when uh, Vinny Caravella was pretending to be uh, uh, Um and he was saying, uh, talking about the fans, and he was like, "Fuck them." And they were like, oh, "Well, why don't you want to do this?" And he's like, "Fuck them." <laughs> now every time Nintendo, yeah. now every time Nintendo does it something was, like this, I always think of that, just like Vinnie Caravella as Reggie Fizeme, just screaming "fuck them" over and over again. Yeah, I think it was in regards to the fact that the the, the Wii U wasn't liked, and so <laughs> oh, yeah. because and so it's like because of that, like Re Re Reggie Fizeme is just spiting everyone from now on for everything, just because the Wii U sucked. Um, <laughs> yeah. or no one liked the Wii U. So therefore, yeah, that was the response. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I kind of cut you off. We kind of jumped off. Uh, you said <laughs> you played, you're playing a little bit of that old DDR on PS2. Is that right? Yeah. So I have an old, uh, I have an old tube TV. Uh, I, I got uh, it from a family member who was just like, yeah, we, I, they just happened to have it in the basement. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. It's an old 30, like 32 inch weighs like a hundred and two or something pounds. It's, it's a, just, and I actually had a. Um, it's a it's a box. Uh, it's like a big box square. Wow. It's it's yeah. like it's like if one person can carry it by themselves, if you're willing to wreck your back. Oh, uh, dude, that's brutal. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a monster of a, a unit, and uh, and I happen to have a a another family member had a TV uh, entertainment center, an old one, and I had to remove the mount for the VHS. That was above it so i unscrewed that the little box to hold the vhs player and once i did that i could barely squeeze in the tv like i had to they had like these little sliding doors that pulled out and shut and so i had to re remove those doors and the rails but that tv just fits uh so uh, that's what i'm like all right well I, I own that so i can do some of the old retro gaming and i don't really have much time for it but then i'm like oh yeah like my kid's in the music. He he likes you know. Ever since you know, ever since it's, the kid could stand, he would bounce with stuff. You know, That's cool. uh, so I was like, all right, cool. And now that he's he's starting to understand a little bit more concepts of things, I'm like, all right, here, here's DDR. We'll, we'll like we'll give you a shot. He's just he's more interested. He's like doesn't quite get the grasp of it, but it's just funny. It's like and my buddy brought in like every DDR ever uh, for the PS2 uh, because eventually end up going to the goodwill circuits over the years and be like hey like i don't remember if i have this so we have like three ddr max twos in that yeah. in that bundle i'm like you didn't have to bring me all three of them you know you could have just brought me one copy of each game yeah you know? 
Yeah, man. Uh, as I always say, hold on to that retro stuff, man. Even if it doesn't quite work anymore, if you've got the, the original shell of whatever, figure out a way to store it and, and display it or something or get it fixed later. But uh, hold on to that stuff as much as you can for as long as you can because once they stop making it, it's it's even if it doesn't end up being worth a whole lot, it's in decent condition. It's just a cool thing to have in like your the museum of your of your life. Uh, but anyway, that's that's just me. That's that's pretty cool, man. I would like to play. I really wish I had bought uh, DDR back on the PS2 and one of those mats because like I remember seeing people online who uh, lost a lot of weight um, playing DDR. Like there was this one girl who was uh, who was she was like a teenager and she was pretty hefty um and they showed like video of her video of her playing and then like six months later she's like a totally different person because just because she loved ddr and she just like tap on that thing like for hours and hours and hours get her cardio in and just like shed those pounds anyway i thought that was that was cool yeah it was always it was always the one of the two things at the arcade that was like making money it was that at my arcade and it was i think it was the initial d racing cabinet oh yeah <laughs> that, those were the only two things by the time early 2000s rolled around like that, that arcade was dead but those two things probably single-handedly funded that place well there's always the guy there's always the guy who's leaning against the railing on the ddr holding himself up with his with his arm with his hands and just letting his feet just like <laughs> like all over the screen because or all over the, the pad because that's the only way you can do it at a super high level you actually have to let your like you actually have to lift yourself up a little bit so that your feet don't have to like you're using them basically like like fingers rather than feet i always wanted to see someone just like straight up river dance on one of those <laughs> <laughs> if they made a song that you had to river dance to that'd be pretty cool that would be pretty cool so yeah, there was there's that, and uh, it was funny because uh, there's a new game out, and I believe it's called Dance Rush, because uh, I just wanted to see if there was new like a new cabinet out uh, for at the arcades, and this game is a giant LED like floor panel uh, for an arcade unit, and it has there has some really good videos of people playing it, but essentially it's you know like four or five lanes coming down, and then you have connecting you know like you'll just you'll have to hit stand and you know, sustain your note but then you'll have to slide over so you're getting a lot of people doing foot shuffles and it was like wow this is really something else this is the, the appropriate like next evolution of what the old ddr was because honestly it went from like ddr to like pump it up which was going diagonal plus the center mounts and that one uh I remember that one was Korean, I believe. Uh, and that was really, it was really cool to see people like high level players on that. Cause because of the fact that it was diagonal, uh, you'd have people trying to do more like break dancing moves, you know, like uh, two feet out, one foot, one hand back in the corner. And yeah, so then, then it goes to this and I'm like, this is pretty phenomenal. I showed a, I showed the, the guy who gave me all the, uh, the DDR uh, games to borrow. I'm like, I sent it, I immediately sent him the link. I'm like, yeah, it's only 10 grand used from Hong Kong. You know, you don't have a, you have a garage that's literally being used for storage, man. You can just buy two. Yeah, dude, just buy two. And <laughs> charge, just... charge the local kids oh, like a buck a play and you would make bank. 
I or mean, you'd be arrested because people would suspect you of being, you know, a child predator. Yeah, but, kids, you, know. you, want some, you want some candy with your DDR? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Ten grand. Um, yeah, you could, you could probably, in a neighborhood, it'd be hard to make that money back. But if you had an arcade, yeah, you could probably make that money back, especially if it was like a barcade. If it was, but I don't want drunk people on my DDR slipping and smashing their head on the concrete, and then be having to pay pay insurance for that. Yeah, I, I think I think it'd be actually I think it'd be like prime time for like a Dave and Buster's, um, yeah. something just silly enough uh, that people would try to do it, and then you know make make themselves almost embarrassed enough to walk away, but then be drunk enough to come back again later. Like, okay, I'm gonna try this again. Yeah. <laughs> Man, DDR, they should make they should make another one of those, like a serious one. Um, I would uh, I would definitely support. So uh, I think that's all we've been playing, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, cool. So we're gonna go over to what we've been watching, or maybe more aptly uh, titled "What We Plan to Watch," because we haven't been watching too terribly much stuff. Um, I, I'll start. I'll just I am like I am like like on the second to last episode of Ozark, I didn't realize this season four had 14 episodes instead of 10. So I wasn't able to finish it uh, this past week, but I am like really super close to, to finishing that. So I'll probably have that finished up by the next time we talk. Um, and, uh, and then stranger things uh, part two of season four just came out today as we're recording this on July one uh, haven't had a chance to dip into that. I got I probably have to speed through that this weekend, honestly, because it's going to get spoiled if I, if I don't. Um, uh, so those are a couple things I plan to watch. Um, and then I have been, I did start, uh, the executioner and her way of life. I got through the first three episodes. I like it. Okay. Um, but you've already talked about it, so I'm not gonna talk about it too much. Uh, I, and, um, I've been watching it on High Dive, which I think we talked about off air a little while last time, but it is uh, the Crunchyroll competitor or, or whatever. They don't have very much, but they do have a couple shows, and it's not very expensive, so I went ahead and bought a year subscription uh, to it. And um, uh, they've, they've got a few things that I, I just like to support different. Um, I like to foster competition is what I'll say. So uh, I watched uh, Executioner a little bit on that, and just a little bit about High Dive. I mean, they're just their players not as good as Crunchyroll. They don't have like a like a ten second back or ten second forward button, so it's harder to skip the the opening theme or whatever. Um, and it's just it's just not as intuitive. It's not as responsive in a lot of ways. Not that Crunchyrolls is really all that amazing, um, but. But it's uh, it's definitely worse than Crunchyrolls, so and they don't have all that much. But you know, it, it is something I do like to support. Um, the other thing I watched on High Dive, which is only on which is also only on High Dive, like The Executioner, uh, is a show called Ya Boy Kon Ming. Um, uh, I think the Japanese title is uh, Piripi Kon Ming or something like that. Um, and uh, it is a it is a funny weird show the premise i don't even know if i want to say what the premise is um because it's uh 
it's funny to just kind of experience that. So, so I, I won't say too much more about it, but I think I've only watched the first two episodes of that. Uh, it's very enjoyable. Um, it's, uh, it's got some singing in it. I'll say that. And, uh, it's just sort of a ridiculous scenario that they managed to play off pretty well. Um, so I will probably keep up with that. Uh, it's, uh, almost done, if not already done. But I, I plan to watch a little bit more of that and maybe finish it. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been all I've been watching. Uh, how about you, Joe? What what have you got? All right. Well, I've been mostly uh, continuing with the anime that I've spoken before. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's a few shows that I'm I'm wanting to get into. Uh, I mentioned before that I haven't gotten like I never made it through season three of Stranger Things, and now that uh, season four has come to an end. Uh, I might use this uh, extended holiday weekend to maybe binge that as my my one real show. Uh, I'm probably like we mentioned how like off or before we started recording that you know Disney started really coming out with a bunch of stuff and I missed the newest uh, the last two shows which was the the Moonlight Moon Knight a uh, Moon Knight that's right yeah uh, it always always confused me as a kid because I remember. Uh, Sailor Moon, there was the Moonlight Night, and then there was just Moon Knight. Um, yeah. Magical girl <laughs> uh, anime. Yeah, and then there was, uh, let's see, there is uh, Miss Marvel that just came out, uh, and the new uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, so, you know, I have, haven't seen any of those things. I probably will skip uh, Moon Knight, probably, uh, unless, if, unless if someone tells me it's really important. Um, I just don't think I have enough time for that. I'm I'm curious to see how they play how they do uh, Miss Marvel, and of course I I really want to see Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, outside of outside of that, there's there's not a whole lot else. I mean, I just discovered Netflix is still making like pumping out anime, and they just released uh, oh, Bastard. Yeah, I want to. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, we were talking about that before the show. I do want to watch Bastard. It looks pretty wild. I was just, I literally turned on Netflix. I'm like, what the hell is this? I like, I, you know, I, it was something from my childhood. <laughs> like, I remember being in, you know, just in like middle school and seeing the cover, like at, at the video rental store and just being like, huh, what, you know, and then just, it was, it's a very of its time thing. So I'm like, I don't understand how they're going to make it. Uh, I'm really curious how they're going to do it because, you know, are like, it kind of reminds me of when they remade. Or when they brought uh, Devil Man and they made that new series, uh, Devil Man Crybaby. Uh, I actually never got to finish that one, unfortunately, because uh, we generally would watch anime while we're eating dinner. Oh, yeah. And that one was like, after a while, like, nope, I, I just can't really eat my dinner while watching this right now. <laughs> yeah, I heard that one was pretty gruesome. Uh, there were some gruesome parts, but it was also some just like, it's not the most most appealing for just like, you know, mealtime affair. So, okay. uh, but I really did like, I, I did like uh, the the art style and I, you know, it, I thought it was going in a good direction. So I don't know, I'm kind of curious to see what they, what their take on bastard is. I'm not, not saying it's the same company or anything like that, but I'm just, you know, I am very curious. Uh, but outside of that, there's not also a whole lot of, you know, all the same anime as mentioned before, almost everything's coming to an end. So it'll be neat to see uh, what they choose to dub for the next season. I literally keep myself in the dark. 
I do not scour the the uh, the webs for who got licensed for what right. because I generally don't want to get my hopes up. And when I when I see something drop, I'm like, oh sweet, you know, like something that I really was like I liked, like just got announced or something like that. So that's kind of how I like to play it. Yeah, um, this season I gotta say of anime is definitely weaker than the winter season. Um, I think even the best shows don't really stand up against uh, against last season's. Oh, I did manage to finish uh, right after our last podcast. I did manage to finish uh, a KB Sailor uniform, uh, and that that ended ended very well. Um, be excited to see where that goes next time. But uh, yeah, like, like uh, Spy Family is probably the best anime to come out this um, season, and and it's, it's I'm really I'm really liking Love After World Domination. Okay, uh, that one is that is probably one of my front runners. Uh, I as the was it the Skeleton uh, Knight uh, mm. in Another World. That one that one's just entertaining by itself it's not necessarily anything deep or meaningful or nothing like that it's just kind of i feel i find a couple of them are just kind of there just to let it wash over you and you just have an okay time like you know, you know it's like yeah. uh but also uh kaguya sama the, the newest uh that's that's also really i'm enjoying oh this, yeah people uh, do you know. like that a lot I, I don't know like 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 do you think this season is weaker or do you think it's on par or stronger than last season um it's not stronger uh i would say I don't know. It's I, overall, it's I. It might be slightly better. I find that there's just more things that I don't mind watching. Okay. Uh, like, but it wasn't. I think the highs the are not as high. Season, maybe. Yeah. The, yeah. The overall is just better, but like the highs were better in in the winter season. The the good because uh, you still had like my dress up darling, which was also yep. super good. That you should finish as well. I finished um, that, dude. I finished that a long time. Oh, ago. did you? Oh, yeah. that's right. Okay, my bad. I knew you stopped for. Yeah, that's right. You you had stopped a bit because it was too embarrassing for you. Um, you couldn't, you had to work through that, <laughs> man. That second episode is, is very real. That gets, that gets like, you're like, I know I'm alone, but I'm just checking over my shoulder. Cause I don't want, I don't want someone to come in here and see watching this. Oh, uh, that, yeah. Like but said, that's so as bad as it got. Few, no, they had a few really killer episodes, like our killer, uh, TV series is the last time. Uh, this one just has more overall. Okay. Like, but it not nothing. Like I said, the closest thing you got is. Um, you know, like w the few that I said, and un unfortunately, uh, I'm not finding myself laughing. Like, for example, any of the comedies, I'm not laughing as hard as I did, uh, when I, you know, winter season. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not a bad, it's not a bad season, uh, but it's not a particularly great one. There's just a few things that I particularly like. Yeah. Um, I yeah. will say, uh, when you're watching Stranger Things season four, a lot of those episodes are long. They're longer than, I, th I think they're longer than season three. A lot of them are over an hour, many of them over an hour and 15 minutes. Um, so when, when, you, when you're sitting down to watch it, just remember that, I don't know how, I don't really know how you, how you watch stuff exactly, but when you're sitting down, just remember you are in for like over an hour long experience. It's more like a movie than a I TV watch show. things as I can, and that is literally it. So, I like, I'll uh, like that's what I do on Netflix. Is like, I'm like, okay, end of a scene, okay, pause, go play a game, go to bed, go do something else, whatever. I'll come back to it tomorrow. So, yeah, like episodes are almost almost meaningless to me now. <laughs> they should just release that as one big thing, and I'll just go through it as I can. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, unfortunately with uh, with children and schedules being what it is, it's just uh, you got to watch when you can. And uh, an hour and a half or two hour long movie, you know, is no longer the case. A two hour movie is at least a three hour movie with, you know, pausing in between and stuff like that. So uh, I don't I've I'm almost. It's one of those things that I kind of miss a theater experience only because it forces me to sit there and then like obtain everything but at the same time i love the idea of like pausing things for a moment being like uh just be able to be like wait a minute wasn't that the thing that just you know like talking about it being like with someone be like you know you know sometimes some people find it annoying but luckily uh my partner and i we we don't mind we we will you know uh try to do foreshadowing as we're watching something oh i bet it's going to be this because they just did that and the, and then seeing whether or not you're right or wrong um uh, so can't really do that in a theater too much because the moment you start talking you're missing your next scene or like what the hell just did they what did they say yeah like rewind it just to hear it so i find it so much more um useful to be at home but there is a few movies like i honestly don't really care about the jurassic park movies but if you have to see them you see them in the theater because that's where you get the most uh oomph out of it that's true yeah like i think I think there's room for both and they definitely both have their own, their own special merits, you know, at home viewing versus in the theater. I, I will say for, for my money, the best stuff I've ever seen has always been in a theater. And that's, you know, because of the atmosphere, the lights off the giant screen, uh, I paid for it and I have been anticipating it and, or, or whatever. Um, I know a lot of people who are my age and a little younger, who are all who are like, man, I hate the theater. Just give it to me on demand. And I'm like, that's sad to me because I don't. Because like, if if it's the same, if it's the same experience to you so much that like you would rather just sit at home and watch it, then I don't. I question whether or not you actually like any of this entertainment stuff, uh, any any like anything like movies or TV or whatever, because you know there's just something something better about about a about a theater experience but that's just old man nick kind of ranting um i i i will beg to differ on that one because uh the one thing that a theater will do is it'll save a mediocre movie uh and make it you know at least a little more palatable um uh, it's like certain you know certain movies are made for the big screen like i mentioned with jurassic park or uh something like a transformers or something like that's bombastic in that sense uh you're going to want to watch it in a theater but when you watch it at home, you don't get nowhere near the, you know, even if you have a surround sound system, unless if you have a really good one, uh, you know, and a really, really solid TV. Uh, but then that, you know, the average person isn't going to really care so much. And I've watched like Avatar, um, you know, James Cameron's Avatar. I watched that at home and I'm like, dude, this is a bad movie. And all my friends were like, no, it was great. You have to be in theaters to see it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you yeah. know what? No, I'm not paying money to see this. I refuse, you know, because and I'm so glad I didn't because this is just a bad movie. You can dress it up all you want, uh, but it's, in my opinion, that's just a terrible film. Man, Avatar has aged very poorly. Um, at least the like the idea of it. Man, I, I loved Avatar when it came out. I know it's just Pocahontas uh, with blue people, but I don't know. I I thought it was really cool. I um I, I think that that like that world just they i don't know i don't i haven't i haven't been in a movie where i thought that they built out a world as well as they did 
in in Avatar. For all of its other faults, it definitely felt like an alien planet. Um, and I'll, I'll be seeing Avatar two whenever it came uh, comes out. I'm, I doubt it'll be very good. I think it's just going to be a rehash of Avatar one. Um, but I'll I'll probably you mean like the two it. through five that he's promised or oh, something. Oh, there's a trailer for Avatar two. It's a real movie. It's going to happen. It's finally yep. happening. <laughs> it's I go look up the trailer, man. There's a, there's a real trailer. I think it's coming out uh, Christmas this year. Uh, what was it 2008 or 2009 is when the first one came out? Oh nine, from from my memory, oh nine. Back when they were still trying to push 3D movies. I don't even know if they're still trying to do that, but yeah. So um, yeah, Avatar. I definitely understand the hate, um, but I, I I liked it whenever it came out, and I. I don't know. I'm like what I like. I guess I'm dumb, but uh, yeah, so like pick a fight with Nick if you if you uh, disagree with him. Uh, you can pick but, a fight with me if you think I'm wrong. But yeah, I I really think that you know the theater like experience, you know, seeing the Matrix, the first Matrix, uh, in the theater, you know, that was that was awesome. And I don't think it would have. I think it'd been good, but I don't think it would have been near as good uh, seeing it on VHS or DVD at home. Uh, no, I thought it was great. That's how I first saw it. I didn't know what the hell the Matrix was until I got until I got it at home. Dude, like I but... knew nothing about it because mostly because I was in the middle of moving, uh, like countries at the time, and so I came back. And I'm like, I heard a lot of people talking about said movie, and I'm like, okay. And it was it was at the Blockbuster, so I rented it, and like that was it was awesome. But at the same time, it afforded me the ability to like pause it and be like what the hell is going on right now? You know, because <laughs> if you don't oh, know dude. anything about it, it is so mind boggling, confusing just in the beginning without yeah. the, just the, the context clues you're getting and just all the, the weird. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, but it was super great seeing it at home. Uh, yeah, that yeah it so would have been, it would have, it would have been better than theater to a certain, to a certain point. Um, for, for sure. I, I say the reason why I, one of the reasons why I love, uh, Pacific Rim so much was because mm -hmm. I saw that in theater. Uh, I would have loved. I loved it either way, but I actually saw that in 4D because yeah. uh, Korea pushed a, has this 4D agenda. Or at least they used to have it pushed really hard, and that was uh, you know you having the um, you know, having the Jaegers move around and like the seats vibrate and like when they're when they're locking in and uh, just like a strobe light flashing with lightning and stuff like that. The, the, it was annoying when you sometimes you get a, a literally a, a mist spray in your face of water because they're in the, they're in yeah. the ocean. like oh you mother i can't believe you just did that to me i don't then, know how much i would want to deal with that. that that sucked they did that twice um and then you got stabbed in the back once during one of the impacts he's like oh you gosh you, you, all uh. right Fuck this shit. <laughs> but everything else like the actual vibration of the seat the moving the actual strobe light effect uh, that was really dope. I'm like, this is this is the best it's, way to uh, see this. This is great. It's uh, it's kind of a ride. <laughs> it was really awesome, dude. I cannot imagine. Like, yeah. it's like I love that was my first experience with it. Um, yeah. I mean, we had seen a few 4D movies, and one of them was um, Voyage of the Dawn Trudder, the um, uh, Narnia sequel. Yeah, and that one was okay. Uh, it was nothing special. More water in the face. Uh, that's I think and, that's the, that seems to be the thing is like is there water in this movie okay we're gonna spray these fuckers in the face 
but they they did a cool scene where when instead of when snowfall happened it, there was a there was a bubble machine and so you like it kind of fell from the sky I'm like that was that's kind of neat that was clever um yeah. but no it's just that's having cool. watched uh you know but then watching something like uh prometheus i love the aliens franchise prometheus downright got me up angry and seeing that in theaters just made me even more angry because I, I paid uh overseas movie costs just to go see oh. it in the like the big screen yeah that's a sneaky thing because people don't understand you think movies are expensive here they're really expensive overseas but um i saw alien um or prometheus and man that movie had a lot of promise and yeah it just really wasn't that good i don't know why Charlize theron and uh idris elba are just like not in that movie like they're like in it and they just throw like those should be the stars but whatever um but uh did you ever see alien covenant nope uh that that movie angered me so much that i i never i didn't care at all i eventually will get around to watching it i heard it was better it's just it's, it soured me that much i it is i love the franchise it is way more it. of a return to like well i mean it's like called aliens that are prometheus but it is way more of a of an alien movie. It is horror based um, and terror based. Like I would say, Prometheus. They kind of beat around the bush so long in that movie that you don't care at the end what's going on, and it's confusing. And it's just like, why do I care about this? But Alien Covenant, they do kind of ground to um, to people that you kind of actually care about. And then shit starts to go sideways and it goes sideways fast and hard for a long time. Um, and that it's a, it's a good, I saw that in the theater and uh, it's, it's a, it's pretty good. I think it got like a 75 on Rotten Tomatoes and I, I, you're not going to, you're not gonna be blown away um, by it, but it's definitely a good, it's a good renter. I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well the, I mean, considering the fact that uh, alien four or alien resurrection, was um was not really a good movie but it's it's a good drinking movie uh, i mean <laughs> I you got ron perlman oh, and wow, um yeah. winona ryder uh in that one yeah she's she an <laughs> android that? in that i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> okay um yeah man the alien movies uh, did you ever see alien 3 i'm not gonna spoil a movie that came out like flipping 2002 or whatever yeah, i don't yeah. remember when it came out but it was forever ago yeah it's been a while did, did you ever see alien 3 of course uh that alien 3 was anyone who lived in the 90s you could not have um references were everywhere for aliens 3 because that was the that's when um sigourney weaver had uh shaved her head yeah and that so that was the gi jane before the gi jane uh but yet um uh, she didn't get in nowhere near as much credit uh for shaving her head uh gi jane everyone was like "Ooh, you, you're such a brave person uh <laughs> so it was just the yeah that move it, that the more, scene yeah. where the alien comes right up on her face you know and like you know just you know that scene wasn't uh mimicked in almost every form of media dude you that know, was that scene every, was huge like, i remember cartoons. i was a little little kid whenever that came out and that scene i remember just seeing that in in everything it was referenced you're right everywhere but that movie is um like it was quote bad they released one version of it and then it was critically panned and i think on the dvd or maybe later they they released um 
the director's cut, which was a lot, which was like a lot longer and uh, had a lot more scenes and stuff in it. And that was way more like palatable and kind of what uh, they actually, what the director actually wanted uh, it to be. Um, that movie is really, it's really depressing. Um, and it, and I'm not going to say you should go watch it. Uh, anybody out there, I'm not saying you should go watch it. Um, for like enjoyment <laughs> per se, but it as like an art piece of like, uh, like just sadness and depression. It is a very, uh, interesting, uh, piece of work. Um, it's a David Fincher film. Uh, so oh, yeah. it's his first movie or one of his earliest ones. Uh, for those like who don't know who that is, we're talking about the guy who did seven, uh, Fight Club, yeah. Uh, the game, the game is also super good. The like, game is good. Don't watch, watch the movie, the game. Do not look up anything about it. Do not read a synopsis. Don't just, just watch it blind. Stop what you're um, doing and go watch the game. I know it's three hours. You just do it and don't do anything else. Don't eat. Don't sleep. Just watch the game. Yeah, but I mean, the it's just uh, you know, it's very much his style I, and. Yeah, I it was, like it's David. Actually, it's it's not a bad movie. I like so, David Fincher great. a lot, and uh, David Fincher, the way that he films things, um, is uh, it's it's just very interesting, and it's definitely that that style is what they were going for in the new Batman, um, and I don't think they quite nailed it. I, I really wish they just gotten if it's like if they wanted to do that, they should have just gotten David Fincher to make that because he would have he would have pulled that he would have like. He would have made that movie better. For whatever you think of that movie, David Fincher would have made that movie better than what it was. Um, and I even think that movie's pretty good. But um, yeah, he, he's a good director. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize that was that that was David Fincher. Um, that explains a lot. Anyway, that's just kind of a tangent. But uh, yeah, this whole thing's been a tangent. Uh, I it's mean, the end of the episode. <laughs> who gives a shit? Uh, no one's listening anyway. Uh, this far in. Yeah, anyway, so uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, anything else? Anything that you've... I'll say this. The pod has been cast. Have you learned anything on this journey of an episode that we've taken? Maybe don't stick around to the end of the episode? Uh <laughs> no honestly uh thank you guys for those who've actually made it this far uh we appreciate it uh i hope you guys have a good holiday um weekend it is the, the we're recording this on the first so it's right before fourth of july hope you guys stay safe uh, have fun and you know and see you guys in a couple weeks all right happy birthday america see ya take it easy